What's up everyone? Welcome back to the opening pair. Tonight we've got a new show, new segment for you. We've been sort of working on this this thing for quite a while, um, myself and Chris. So we decided that um we both have a huge passion for boxing and combat sports mainly. Um and we we're kind of trying to think of a name. I think Chris, you you sort of come up with the idea of the, the final round podcast. Yeah, stumbled across it, didn't we? Yeah, just in our little uh, little chats, we're just thinking, what what can we call it that hasn't already yeah. been taken? And uh, yeah, we kind of stumbled on this, didn't we? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, it, it actually it works quite well because you know we're both huge fans of combat sports, boxing, and MMA and other things aside. And yeah, just had a nice nice ring to it. And I suppose I, I've I've spoken your name there, but I'll, I'll give it the uh, viewers a little bit of an introduction to yourself. You've been on previously in in a different guise with. Uh, some Chelsea chat for us, but as as we've known in the past from you as well, you, your your background is is in combat sports. Yeah, um, so very very quickly, um, I from the age of eight did uh, Shotokan karate uh, down in Devon, which is where I'm from originally. Um, did that for a number of years um, to sort of black belt level and fought up and down the country, uh, fought for my country. Um, was quite successful in various guises. So I was managed to pick up the British title, uh, the world title and the European title in my time, as well as on the local domestic things. So um, did that until I moved up to Midlands, which is where I'm based now. Kind of took a step back from, from that because that was three days a week of training and fighting on the weekends. So went and did the, what everybody else was doing, play football, tennis and be a bit of a pest. Uh, and then I got back into boxing. Um, about six years ago. So uh, since then, I've done a couple of white collar fights, not lost, won both. So it's good. Um, and I just train, train fanatically. I'm not planning on doing any more fights. I was going to, but COVID stopped that for a bit. Um, so now I just sit there, watch, watch boxing, watch MMA, and chat it with whoever I can because it's it's phenomenal. And go to a few go, few bouts when I can as well. With uh, AJ being the next one in September. Looking Beautiful. forward to that. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, you set yourself up very nicely there. And I suppose that's how we kind of um, had a shared friendship between that and Chelsea. And, yeah. and, you know, you obviously have the the uh, experience of doing the sport where I'm much more of a viewer. Um, you've actually been trying to uh, twist my arm into maybe taking part in a, in a white-collar boxing contest when, when things start to open up again. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where we, we had our um, connection with this and our ideas for... You know, we both love talking boxing and combat sports, and we we're kind of just thinking, how can we get it out to the world? I suppose, and mm. yeah, we just we, we brainstormed for a while, and we were like, yeah, him and Han, and we said, no, we'll, we'll go for it, and yeah, so we're here now. So we'll see how it goes. We we'll see how it goes. So I suppose, um, sure, we get stuck into um our first uh, segment. Uh, we've we've uh, decided we'd cover off this Jake Paul upcoming yeah. card. Uh, I don't know if you're like me, Chris, or not, but uh, I've not really tried to pay attention to Jake Paul as much as I could. But this seems like actually a legitimate fight for for a change for him. Yeah, I think it's interesting, isn't it? I think obviously the whole YouTube uh, thing that started off, um, you know, I think the, the, the reason why it was accepted was because it was just going to bring in a load of money. I mean, the rationale at the time for Medi was, um, you know, it might bring new fans to the sport, which is good. Is obviously lying in his pockets as well. I don't think anybody really kind of took it seriously. Um, however, that being said, each fight that he wins, um, you know, the opponent level goes up. It becomes a little bit more credible. I still can't bring myself 
to take it too seriously. Um, I generally tend to see what kind of fights are on the undercards for these uh, and yeah. then kind of decide if it's worth watching. And, um, you know, and I think this is obviously, a, a, you know, another legitimate opposition. It's, it's another level up. Um, you know, an experienced fighter, an ex-champion in his own right. So this one, this one could be, could be worth a watch in its own right. To be fair, I think obviously the whole, you know, the YouTube boxing, um, it still doesn't sit right with a lot of you know purebred fans. However, you know, it's not going away. It's making money, and you know, we'll go through the card. But there's some decent uh, supporting bouts on there as well. So, it, you know, I think actually in terms of an event and an occasion, it could be. It could be quite a decent one in that respect. So happy to chat through it all and take uh, take the main event as seriously as possible. I guess. Yeah, that's that's the thing. But yeah, you've touched on a lot of very important points there. I think, if, uh, particularly the financial aspect to it, um, as much of a you know marmite character that Jake Paul is, he's bringing eyes on to the sport that just weren't mm-hmm. there. You know, and and to be fair, most combat athletes, their pay scale outside of the top five or six huge huge names just it's it's ridiculously poor and i suppose if he can level that up then why not and as you said as well the undercard of this one is actually very very tasty um yeah. there's a few there's a few quality quality names but i suppose we, we we get started with the actual woodley paul fight itself and yeah you know you're obviously your main background is boxing my main fan back background is mma so that's really what's intrigued me the most is that like Woodley is legitimate. He he genuinely yeah. has won world titles. He's got serious serious knockout power. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, Chris, how do you see this unfold? Well, I was actually going to ask you because I I mean I'm aware of Woodley, but you know obviously mm-hmm. in in MMA it's it's not necessarily just your striking game, is it? There's all sorts of different facets. So. You know, it, and we saw with um, Conor McGregor, no, okay, fair enough. He was fighting the best boxer in, in the world, you know, technically. Um, you know, so, but what the, what I noticed there was he was renowned for his striking game in the UFC. Um, you know, and he, you know, he, he's obviously got power. He came up a bit short because you have to be a bit of a master of all trades uh, mm-hmm. in, in the UFC. What is his, what is Tyrone Woodley's striking ability like? What is his sort of, upper lateral body movement like what how do you how have you seen him fight and, and how do you think he can adjust into boxing i guess yeah it's 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 a tricky one for me because well woodley is coming off four very bad defeats you know he's been dominated to be fair to him he's fought the very best in that division you know he mm. was champion for quite a while he he won the belt uh knocking out robbie lawler who was extremely feared at that time yeah he his his background more so would be i suppose that wrestle box type style mm. of you know kind of get in shoot for the hips get the guy yeah. worried and then have a chin sticking out and overhand right power so that's kind of his background now i do know for this camp he's taking it very very seriously because he was in ben Askren's uh background team yeah. for the, the previous fight jake paul had with the, yeah. a legitimate opponent and i think that's where it all kind of grew from so he's taking this very, very seriously. I believe he's doing a little bit of coaching and training with, with Floyd Mayweather. So, you know, you can't really do much better than that. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, he like yeah, he he would be known for his his heavy handedness, mm-hmm. but 
he wouldn't quite be on a Conor McGregor level striking. Yeah, and I think I think that's the difficulty with, you know, there's not very many shots actually in boxing. Uh, that was one of the things that the coaches kind of taught me. You know, I came from a, you know, a martial arts background where it was kind of very, you know, hands down, very loose. You know, you throw from wherever is comfortable, and you know, you've got all of the different things that you can do. You can do the kicks, you can do the like, you, you know, you can do the blocks to open up stuff. Um, whereas, you know, in boxing, it was, it, you know, there's not very many shots. You've got your jabs, your straights, your hooks, your uppercuts. Okay, you can throw in a few screw shots here and there, but. In reality, you, you kind of you, you, your punching arcs are, are quite limited in that respect, and I always think that is more difficult for somebody that comes from a mixed martial arts background to kind of you're almost kind of tying your your natural instincts mm. up in a bit of a knot here, trying to retrain your brain against everything that you've ever done and known before to just doing a certain set amount of moves. I definitely struggled with that. When I first started doing the the training, and I think that is, I think that is a difficulty. We saw it in um, in in Jake uh, Paul's last fight, you know, against uh, you know the other martial art opponent. He he kind of dominated him in, in that respect, yeah. really. It was kind of you know a comprehensive victory, and it wasn't that long ago either. So the fact that he's been able to turn the fight around in a quick amount of time shows he took very little damage in that fight. Absolutely, so, yeah. You know, so again, I think that I think there are challenges coming from a UFC background into a boxing ring. Um, mm -hmm. Jake takes his fighting very seriously. In, in fair credit to him, he, he lives the life, you know, whether, you know, he's not got the traditional boxing background by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but, you know, one thing I probably will give him credit for is he's not playing at this. I think he genuinely sees himself as a legitimate boxer and he wants mm -hmm. to make, a, he wants to make a run at this. So, this is kind of like his introductionary fights, you know, his amateur fights yeah. in that respect against, yes, okay, they're credible opponents now, but he's kind of picking them from arenas where they're not in their comfort zone. They're stepping into, you know, stepping into another place. Form is always important. You mentioned that Tyrone's lost the last four and badly. Um, whether, you fight, whether you're fighting best in class or not, defeats hurt. It plays on your mind. He will fancy his chances because he will be saying, well, I'm a career, I'm a career fighter here. This kid's just, you know, he's, he's uh, you know, brand new into the game. So he'll fancy it from an experience point of view. Um, Jake Paul just oozes confidence, rightly or wrongly. Mm -hmm. Just seems mm -hmm. to believe in himself a thousand percent. Um, it'll be really interesting because I, I don't think either will be a polished boxer. So I could, but you, you'll know better than me. If Tyrone catches clean, is it going to cause Jake some trouble? I think possibly. I mean, you can do anyway in any fight if you catch somebody clean. Um, but, you know, the padded gloves will make a bit of a difference for, for Tyrone mm -hmm. as well. But, you know, these are all things that you've just got to take into consideration and um, difficult to call. I think if you if you really wanted to push me on it, I think I actually think Jake Paul might win it. Um, yeah. I think he's confident. He's preparing well. Um, he's more comfortable in this arena. Um, and he's just got that youthful belligerence, I think, as well. That he just truly, he can just walk through anybody. And I think he'll, I think he'll, I think we get rocked. I think Tyrone will test him more than he's ever been tested before. But I think he might come out on top in this one. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I, there's a couple of things you touched on there that that stood out for me. Age is a massive thing. Uh, Jay Paul's what 20, 24. Yeah. Um, Tyrone is thirty eight. He's had a long, long, hard career. 
Another thing, tear, yeah. a lot of wear and tear, but another massive thing for me was actually the weight class that this fight's at. It's at cruiserweight, which is yeah. 205 to 225. Woodley is known yeah. as men's name at 170. So that's a massive, massive difference. Oh, like, yeah. Jake Paul's a big, big man. He's six foot one. Yeah. He's probably going to be 210 in there, I'd say, on the night. Yeah. Um, I can't I can't see Woodley being much more than 195, maybe. Um so for me that's that's a massive thing that, that that extra bit of weight behind the shot is all the difference the only thing that i that i would sort of lean back on is that i i i'll admit that i've never watched the jake paul fight properly i've seen highlights you know yeah, so- but has he ever been caught with a shot with a clean shot and if so how does he react to that because as Mike Tyson always said, everyone's got a plan until they get hit in the face. So, you know, when you get hit with somebody who has legitimate power, mm. how do you react to that? How do the legs stand up to it? What's the road work been like? What's the cardio? What's the heart? You know, all these yeah. questions come into play. Woodley's answered those questions time and time and time again. Mm. Jake Paul, for all he's done, just has not. Yeah, And that, that for me, is... The deciding factor. Obviously, I'm going to be slightly biased in that I'm an MMA fan and I've seen what Woodley yeah. can do, and there's a lot there. But I just think Woodley really has a lot more to lose than Jake Paul, mm. and for that reason, amongst a few other things I've mentioned, I just see Woodley getting it done. Yeah. I actually think I think it goes to full eight rounds, though. I, 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 yeah, I was say, do you think if he gets it done, does it have to be early? Yeah, I, I, I think it could. Go, I could see it going to full eight rounds. Um, okay. You know. I, it, it, it's going to be either Jake Paul gets gets knocked out very early or he does sort of like what Logan did with, with, with Floyd mm. and kind of drags it out but loses. So that's mm. kind of where I would be leaning if I was to make a decision. My only concern, and, you know, you've touched on it with the step up in weights. If you're putting weight on, well, there's no good way to put weight on to that to that level. If you're used, If you're used to be fighting a... 170 if you put just flabby weight on that's obviously going to be a, a hindrance if you put muscle weight on you know oxygen oxygen absorbing muscle at 38 years old against mm. somebody 14 years younger than you mm. i would worry about you your physical conditioning has got to be spot on spot mm. on you, you know your cardiovascular system has got to be functioning and you've got to be really economic with what you're doing in the ring um because obviously the other caveat with mma is it's typically no more than well it's five minute rounds isn't it shorter shorter fights typically okay this is only eight rounds but it's a different way of pacing yourself Um, there's i think the tendency will be or the natural inclination will be right well it's a shorter round i'm just gonna gas out you know you'll end up overthrowing and gas yourself out so I think he's really got to make sure that he manages manages his eight rounds well if he's going to go that deep. And if he's carrying 20 pounds of muscle that he wouldn't normally be carrying, he's got to be really careful with how he uses that. Does that slow him down too much? Does that slow his reaction speeds down? It's really interesting, you know, factors in all of it. Um, you know, and to say we're such avid fans of fighting, well, this is probably one that we're probably the least glued up on, isn't it? I guess. It really is, yeah. Like it's we're both out of comfort zone. We're kind of taking a step. Literally. I think that's just what it's it's the nature of the beast though, isn't it? Really? It's just 
it's it's an it's it's basically a new sport in a way and yeah it is it is it, it's you know on the on the night you know on a, on a given fight night legitimately anything can happen i think this is even more so the case in this yeah. scenario but i suppose look we've covered that off that's mm. the, the headline draw that's what everyone's yeah. going to kind of you know the the the, the uh, casual fans going to tune in for but as we touched on this card is actually quite quite deep yeah, um, and one name in the um, co-main event that jumped off the page for me because of her links to a certain Katie Taylor is Amanda yes. Sorano. She's yes. got she's got a huge fight on here um, coming up. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and you know, we we we've said we we've seen her being linked with Katie Taylor for quite some time, and I think that's the fight that's probably going to happen after this. Um, I suppose the first question I want to kind of ask is for someone like Sorano to be on a co-main event on a car like this, how big is that for exposure for her career? I think it's really big. I think she's, um, you know, I think Katie Taylor's probably come in and, and taken the women's fight game to another level along with, with Matrix in terms of, you know, uh, setting, you know, setting new barriers, uh, breaking down barriers and, you know, setting new records, pay-per-view attendances, you know, headlining their own events and stuff like that. But, you know, Serrano has been around in the professional game for a lot longer. And she's kind of had to do it the really hard way. You know, she is she is as good as they get in terms of female boxing. Um, she is the, the one true fighter that, for me, can stand up to and and beat Katie. You know, Katie has got weaknesses, as great as she is. I think she mm -hmm. is slowing down a bit um, mm -hmm. from her last mm -hmm. few fights. Um but, you know, Serrano, she's an excellent fighter. You know, she's a multi-weight world champion. She is dedicated to her craft. Um, there aren't many better in the game than she is. And and it was ever so close. It was really close to getting agreed. So obviously, there's that bit of a spat on Twitter when it all kind of yeah. fell down, didn't it? You know, they were all calling each other out and Eddie Holmes was getting involved and contracts were offered and signed and not signed and all that nonsense. It's got that sense of inevitability, I think particularly with COVID slowing everything down, all these major fights just having to be put back and mandatories getting in the way. I genuinely believe that we'll see Serrano and Katie next year. Um, so obviously what that means is that this fight is incredibly important. Uh, they all are, uh, yeah. but this is a must not lose. This is a must win for her if she wants to go and get that massive payday and that big fight, you know, and that's a, that's a multi-contract fight. Um, you know, that's a fight that people will pay to see again, particularly if the first one really sets fire. Um, you know, and she deserves she deserves a big payday. So for her to even be on this card, I think is fantastic because there's a lot of money that comes with this. There's a lot of attention. Um, there's a lot of publicity. It's in America. So, you know, mm -hmm, it's going to mm -hmm, be pretty, mm -hmm. pretty full by the time she walks into the ring. It's going to be quite right. lively at that time of night as well. Crowd should be bouncing. I think it's fantastic exposure for her. Really good platform. It gives her that extra power at the negotiating table if she wins and wins well. Um, so, you know, they might want to revisit and look at those contracts afterwards. She'll certainly be in a stronger position if she does it. And listen, you know, you, as you, she can be in with any half-decent or very good opponent. I'm always going to put her down as a favourite to win. She's that good. Um, I would expect her to win. Um, you know, and she could do it in whichever way she wants to, really. You know, she can take it the full distance, she can do it early, she can do it late. You know, she's really got it all. Um, so I think it's really interesting. I think it's obviously really good for her on the night, but then also what 
what that then means moving forward. And obviously, we will speak about Katie later, so this won't be yeah. the last conversation. Um, but you know, I think it's I think it's a really good and well deserved opportunity for her, and and obviously the bigger and better things are to come. So, what about yourself? How do you see it kind of playing out? And, and... yeah, yeah, it's it's tricky. Like she she really is that one opponent. Just always is there in the background that they get. You know, she's highly highly rated in the, in most divisions. Like her opponent is Mexican, Yamalet uh, Mercado. She's a super bantamweight world champion herself, so she's not going to be a pushover. She's been there. She's toughed it out. She's got that belt as well. You know, mm-hmm. that Mexican toughness, it, it, it just comes to the fore always. But as you touched on, Serrano is just that level above. She is just time and time and time and time and time again has proved the point of how good she is and mm-hmm. as well as that can do it any way she wants. She has that power, has that speed. That yeah. She's, she's Brooklyn-based now as well. So that's, you know, that's uh, Brooklyn's, you know, affiliated with, with boxing to, to the nth degree. So she's got it all. Uh, again, huge stage for her. There is massive pressure on her all the same, though. Yeah. So there is absolutely massive pressure on her now. This is probably going to be the, the biggest stage, most likely, that she's fought on. Uh, mm. As you said, at that, that point, you know, everyone's going to be tuned in and the, the vast majority of the arena is going to be there. How she handles that pressure, plus that carrot that's dangling in front of her from Eddie Hearn, you just know he's he's sitting there waiting, praying that she comes through. Yeah, and you know there's a lot to take on board with all of that, but yeah, it's it's hard to see her to look past Serrano. I think she gets it done. I'm going for five, six rounds stoppage, just somewhere in around there. But I think she'd want to put on a show. She'd want to do it impressively, make a statement. Get on the microphone afterwards and start laying down. Yeah, Taylor, look, I'm here. No excuses. Yeah. Can't run away yeah. from me. Look, I did to this lady. I'm gonna do the same to you. Yeah, I think Mexicans are tough to break down. It doesn't matter which ones you're facing. You know, you're gonna to have to really put them down because um, otherwise they will get back up. So, you know, I, I would never put a stoppage past past her. I think she might have to win impressively on points. Um, mm-hmm. I do agree with you. I think if it if it is a stoppage, it will be sort of those middle middle to late rounds that she'll kind of do. It. I don't see this one finishing early, um, and I don't think she'll want it to finish early either. I think she'll no. want to showcase her skills. So you know, obviously, if the chance is there, you take it and you get out of there as quickly as possible. Um, but I think if she can control the fight and she feels comfortable in it, I think she'll want to put on a bit of a show and show people what she can do in front of a major major audience. So Absolutely. yeah, yeah, very interesting. Absolutely, yeah. So that brings us, I suppose, along to Daniel Dubois. Mm. <laughs> Coming off, well, he won his last fight, and only won his last fight very impressively, but I think we all still see that eye socket, you know, Joe Joyce kind of knocking down Frank Warren's main attraction at, at the moment. BT, we're backing him. It was the big show. He was the next big thing. He was going to be up there with Joshua, etc., etc. And now he's had that setback. His American debut again on this huge card. Yeah, mind frame wise, Chris, where is mm. he going to be at? Well, he's starting again, isn't he? Mm. Let's have it right. That was a that was a terrible loss for his career against. Really uh, um, and that's not because he shouldn't have lost to him because Joyce is a phenomenal fighter. You know, he looked very robotic. He looked very stiff, but everything is, he is the most economical fighter I've ever known, and he doesn't waste an inch of power mm-hmm. um, and he did a job on him you know he just kept hitting him in that eye why do anything else you could see it was breaking him down 
So Dubois in that position now where obviously he's still young enough, so age isn't an issue. Um, yes, he's got talent, but he's he's been exposed. And I think mm-hmm. with any heavyweight fighter, as soon as you take that first loss and you pick up a bad injury along the way, it really does go one of two ways. Um, you know, people like Dillian White don't phase them. You know, he got back up and he's just gone straight back in at the deep end and he just continues and continues and continues. He got badly knocked out by Povetkin, get up, fight him, beat him. And yeah. he's back to his. Dubois, they've gone a different way. You know, they're kind of trying to build him back up again, which suggests to me that they are worried about the eye. Yeah. I think they're worried about his confidence. Um, so, you know, this is a step up for him, not necessarily in terms of opponent, but occasion. Um, so this is another this is another pressure fight. Um, you know, it's quite a clever move from Frank. It's you know get him out of that UK scene. You know he doesn't need to be dancing around in the heavyweight UK scene at the moment. Let's get him over to America. Let's see if we can push him there. Um, there's a few e- not easy touch US based heavyweights, but there's there are bigger fights that he should win. You know I'm talking like the Charles Martins and people like that. You know Brazil. He could probably put up a good fight against him now, but you know, three, four, five fights down the line, I could see him being lined up against those kind of people. So it's interesting. I think you know, Frank's obviously trying to guide him and he still believes in him, but he can't afford another mistake. So this is really interesting because I think mm-hmm. if he loses or if he stumbles again before you know another major level, this this could be the end of him, really. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's not even got to the point where Chisora got to, where he was just losing in world title fights. You know, he's he's he, he's back in that middle of the pack job. I don't know. He's obviously lost his WBO rating or rankings as well because he was quite lofty there with them. I remember. So you know, there's a lot riding on this. He's a young man. He's got a terrible injury in the back of his mind. We saw with Cal Brook after you know yes. he got he got done by Spence and. Golovkin, you know, in both eyes, he's not never the same again. Never the same again because you 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 get hit here a lot, and if that's gone, you're always it's always in the back of your mind. It's always in the back of your mind. Overcompensate, you know. Um, But listen, I don't expect any problems tonight. uh, Sorry, on uh, on the night against Mm. uh, against his opponent, I expect him to win. They'll want him to win in good fashion. I would expect him to as well, and I'd expect him to win by knockout. Um, but it's, this this really isn't the fight that we need to be interested in. I think it's more a case of what's the journey of Dubois? Where is he going to get himself back into that heavyweight scene? Uh, because it's a really competitive heavyweight scene. There's a lot better fighters in the heavyweight division, I think, than him at the moment. I think if you know he stepped in with the likes of Vichazora, he'd lose. Um, and he's he's the renowned gatekeeper of the heavyweight division. So. Mm. that's kind of where I think he's at I think he's got a lot of work ahead against him uh, really talented fighter, he's got the package he's got some mental things to come over now and he's got to make sure that he, he doesn't make any more mistakes, what about yourself and what do you, I mean I've kind of waffled there but the heavyweight division is is exploding, um, he was meant to be a big part of it so it's an interesting topic I think isn't it it, it really really is you know you, the mental aspect of coming back from an injury is is the biggest issue i think any sportsman of any variation yeah. can face it really is and you, you don't know whether you can do it or not until you're in there you've been hit and yeah. you think oh yeah i can come through it and as much as that works with say a footballer or even a rugby player mm. in boxing 
Not so much because, as you said, you get hit so many times in that area that there's only so much the bones can take. Yeah. You know, you can you can strap up your hands, your ankles, your knees, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but you can't strap up your face and and your nose and your chin. It's it's just an area that that you, it needs to work or it, or it just doesn't, and that's it. And then your mind plays tricks on you, and you, yeah, it, it's impossible to come back from that. Just you know, you're speaking about you're not too worried about this opponent. And I was actually the same. I just, before I did a little bit of research, I kind of just thought, oh, this guy, yeah, he's just a build-up fighter. But I've actually looked at his record. Uh, Joe Cusimano, he's 17 KOs. He's 19 and three. He, yeah. He's 17 KOs in his 19 fights. So this guy's coming to, to, to land with power. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know if you've seen, I, I think sometimes you see fighters with a really puffed up record. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and they have been fighting bin men. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so that, I mean, some you know you, you see uh, it's often you know even on matching cards you see them you know the middle middle bill cards you know you think well, this guy's got a good winning record yeah yeah uh, and then you realise he's he's not really fought anybody at all um, of any significance I think yeah I think I think what this fight does is it makes it a credible fight with that mm-hmm. record and I, I take your point you can obviously bang you know nineteen wins seventeen knockouts you can obviously hit. Um, but you know that's heavyweight boxing. You'd expect everybody to be able to hit. You know, um, true, true, true. It's at the end of the day, if you get caught clean by a sixteen stone bloke, you're going to go down, and you're going to hit. Good night, Vienna. He's going to fight Vienna. Trust me. Um, you know, so obviously, I think what that does is it makes him. It will keep Dubois honest, yeah. and it will make him respect the opponent. But um, you know, look. Uh, I think just purely from a from a talent. Obviously, I've watched a lot more of Dubois. I haven't seen this fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I have seen of Dubois is when he when he gets going, he hurts people. He's got explosive power, um, and he's a good finisher. You know, if he mm-hmm, gets mm-hmm. into that position where he's hurt you or he's caught you, he will put you away. So yeah, yeah. I take the point. I think so obviously, I think what that does is it makes it a credible opponent on paper. Um, but I would expect him to go through him. And I would expect a KO win as well. I think that's what I'd be looking for. That's what I'd be looking for and expecting. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. I just, you know, it's just a factor that, that when I looked at the record, as you say, I completely understand it can be yeah totally padded. That that's boxing for you, especially heavyweight boxing. It's very easy to pad a record. It's just with all the psychological things, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that you know, it's it's not an absolute guarantee. Look, don't get me wrong. I expect you both to come through here. I expect him to come through with style points. I expect him to look very good. Frank Warren's a very, very clever man. He's not going to put him in there against somebody that's going to just basically end his career. So, yeah. no, I do. I expect Dubois to come through and look very good doing it. But there is just that little caveat that, you of know, course, yeah. until you don't know until you fully know, but yeah. we, all things point towards Dubois comfortably. Uh, one other name on this Jake Paul card that r- jumps off the page really yeah. is... Uh, Tommy Fury, Love <laughs> uh, yeah. Island's finest. Uh, obviously Tyson's, Tyson's brother. He's fighting Anthony Taylor. Apparently, he's a former MMA fighter. I have no idea. First thing I've ever, first time I've ever heard of him. Uh, I looked him up in box rec. I think he has he has one fight and he's lost it. Yeah. Um, you know Tommy Fury. He's got the big name, the big following, etc. He's doing a lot of chatting back and forth with with Jake Paul. What what what's your um, outline of his career prospects? I suppose, or where do you see him going? 
it's a difficult one, isn't it? I think mm. I don't know if he if he'll say he's taking it seriously and he'll say he wants to do it. Um, I'm not so sure. You know, he, interesting, really. I think obviously he's on this card and he has had that back and forth with Jake Paul. They are the same weight, both cruiserweight. It's a natural fight to make, and and why it would actually be quite popular is because obviously Jake Paul's the social media guy turned boxer. Tommy Fury is the the boxer turned social media person. Yeah. So there's that there is that crossover. Um, you know, but you know, look, uh, that's he's a good fighter in his own right. Look, he's from a good bloodline. You know, he's he's the brother to one of the finest heavyweights in the planet, if not the most natural heavyweight. You know, the gifted uh, fighter on the planet in Tyson. Um, you know, and in terms of the fight itself, obviously that's a complete non-event. He's not there to be tested. He's here to, you know, warm up the show, put on a good show, clean the guy out. Mm. I suspect there will probably be a bit of niggle or trying to set up a fight with Absolutely. Jake. You know, um, so I suspect that's the angle that they're going with. That feels natural to me. Look, that's a good payday for, for Tommy, but I think he needs to take his career seriously, I think. He needs to have a look at it and say, what am I doing? Because he's not fighting enough for somebody of his age. So he's not getting the he's not getting the ring time that he should be getting. He's always in these non-event fights that yeah. you know just you know he's winning with inside one or two rounds. What's he actually learning and gaining from that? Um you know. Mm-hmm. So I do have I do have concerns about his his drive and his credibility I guess in terms of becoming a legitimate cruiserweight contender. He's got everything. He's got it all there. I just don't get the impression that it's really for him. I think he just wants to make as much money as he can. Yeah. And if that means doing a few boxing bouts against some YouTubers rather than 15, 16, 17 hard fights against really credible opponents, why wouldn't you, I guess, if you could make more money fighting a couple of YouTube fights and keep your faculties in place and, you know, do the other things that you're interested in doing rather than grind your way through you know, some hard-hitting Eastern European cruiserweights because they all seem to be in the cruiserweight division, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, why, why wouldn't you, I guess? So it's an interesting one. You know, it's, at the end of the day, it's his life, it's his career, and, you know, it's his health at the end of the day. We forget that these guys, they put their health on the line. Absolutely. Every time. Yeah. There's no guarantee that anybody ever walks out of a ring. Um, so I don't begrudge him doing it, but I think, you know, in terms of if you wanted to look at him on a serious point of view, probably not there yet um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but look i would probably tune in for a jake paul Tom, tommy fury fight i don't know about you yeah, yeah. no i good. would i would it actually would catch me yeah uh, yeah, yeah. you're touching you're touching a few points that i one thing that that struck me as well was uh obviously john fury tyson's and uh tommy's dad yeah was coaching him but he actually he's left the camp six days ago apparently tommy went to a wedding he's asked not to go to a wedding did that so you kind of you do start to question, well, how motivated is he? And even yeah. Anthony Taylor was actually quoted on a Sky article, Sky Sports article, saying, you know, basically he's doing this because his dad and his uncle and his cousins and uh, you know have all it's all he's known, and he kind of just wants to fit in and keep his mm-hmm. name out there. And yeah, it does. It definitely comes back to that, you know, when you you wake up in silk sheets it's much harder to go around the road so early in the morning and all that kind of thing. And I, I, that, that that's kind of basically what Tommy Fury to me is. And maybe it's a little bit harsh, but mm. he's a celebrity first. And, you know, boxes 
as sort of a keeping his name out there type thing. And yeah. it's sad to see it because, as you said, he has probably all the raw materials and, you know, has the name, has the look. He has everything that you could ask for yeah. in, in a, a, a raw clay model to mold. But does he have it in his heart? Does he really, really need it? Need it is probably the, the key word. Does he need this? Yeah. Um. Again, yeah. look, I expect him to take care of business here. This Anthony Taylor guy, to me, looks like a, a glorified bin man. He's just there for a payday. I expect Tom Fjord to go through him pretty quickly and yeah. then, you know, start to show off right. But long term, where does he go? I'm not so sure. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, when he felt, when I saw it was Anthony Taylor, I thought, is that the Premier League? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it is, but... Uh, yeah. I think and it may as well be. Was referee in the Chelsea games, I was like, it can't be it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if only it was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so that, that kind of rounds out the uh, the whole yeah. Paul card. And just before we do get stuck into it, there's another fight on. But just before we do, I just want to say, uh, please like, subscribe, share. We're on YouTube. Yeah. We just actually started our own uh, Twitter page as well, the Open Pair on Twitter. So please give that a follow. We're a growing channel. This is obviously a new show for myself and Chris. Uh, Chris is on Twitter as well at Chris Gags. I'm at Kai Gavin twenty three. Give us a follow as well. We love a bit of banter, a bit of crack, a bit of fun, talking about football, whatever it is. And uh, yeah, we greatly appreciate a bit of support. But yeah, I suppose that brings us into um, the BT card, sort of building us up for the later night. It's it's on a yeah. reasonable o'clock, hopefully 10 or 11 o'clock on BT. Anthony Yard's fighting. Chris, yes. he's, he's had a few setbacks uh, in the last yeah. while, outside the ring and inside the ring. You yeah. know, young, he's 30 years of age. 20 and 2, you know, this is this is now or never territory for Anthony Yard, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. Look, he was he went on this, you know, mad run, you know, build up a really good head of steam. Uh, and then he fell short against high class operator. And I think, you know, uh, and this, you know, we, we see it often, you, you know, your confidence gets absolutely knocked. Everything, you know, when you're a fighter, you, your confidence is everything. You, your absolute self-belief is you feel like you can run through walls. Nothing can stop you. Um, when something does happen, the thing that you think could never happen happens. Mm -hmm. um, it rocks you to your boots and you think, well, am I good enough? You know, what did I do wrong? And, you know, some people can get over it and they can correct it and put it to the back of their mind. Some people, it just eats away at them a little bit. He seems like he's in the latter. He seems like he's in the latter in terms of that mental aspect. Um, he's got time on his side. He's a superb fighter. Um, you know, again, I think Frank has really high hopes for him. I think he still does. You know, he probably looks at Yard and um, Dubois as his crown jewels in terms of what could he, you know, his domestic crown jewels. Um I would expect him to to win, but again, it's it's really tough crossroads in his career. He's not he's he's young, but he hasn't got time to lose in that respect. You know, he really he's if he's going to come back and bounce back, he needs a good run. He needs a really good three years. He probably needs mm -hmm. to be fighting two or three times a year after this. He uh, can't afford to lose again, really, can he? No, he can't afford to lose again. If he loses again, that's probably it. To be honest, you're yeah. probably talking about dipping back down into that. Uh, European Commonwealth British level and never really quite get into the heights that he ultimately wants to get to and, and feels like he can get to. He still can, mm -hmm. but like you said, mm -hmm. 
cannot afford another defeat. If he if he drops away with another loss um, in the next two three fights, that's probably probably the last we'll hear about him on a serious top level. You know, um, he's making another push. This will probably be the make or break push. I would have thought, um, but it'll be interesting. It'll be nice, like you say, tease up. It's a lovely night of boxing because you know, uh, you know, BT cards are generally okay. They're quite good. Um, generally quite well matched. I think Frank matches his fighters better. Yeah. So I think fights are a bit more competitive during the cards. Um, you know, and then obviously Yard at the end of it will be a really good watch. And then that just leads us nicely into the into the American American card. But uh, yeah, what about yourself with with Yard? How, how do you see his career? What do you see? How do you see the night going? Yeah, look, he's a very impressive fighter. Anytime I've watched him, you know, he he's he's really stood out he's jumped off the screen that this guy has it all and yeah he's had a couple of setbacks he's lost to Kovlev he's obviously lost to Lyndon Arthur as well and he's 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 probably chasing that Lyndon Arthur fight now that yeah. they're trying to get back to you know he's got KO power and you know he the guy he's fighting Saturday night he's, he's a well-traveled respected Colombian fighter you know he's, he's not going to be mm. somebody just blow out of the water either yeah, it's it, it's gonna be. I, I think it's gonna be a showcase night for him. I, I genuinely do. I feel he has that momentum behind him now that he's 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 in a, a mentally very strong place. Gotten through a lot of stuff outside the outside the, the ring. Yes, dad yeah. passed away, stuff like that. You know, if he can bounce back from that and draw draw you know encouragement and 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 fire from that sort of stuff. Yeah, he he seems to get it. Nothing would stop him once he gets on that kind of a role, and I feel that's what we will see Saturday night. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Anyway, and and you know, I, I yeah. you know, you, you, you try not to be. Obviously, we're trying not to be too biased, but in the, in these cases, you, you know, you, the human stories behind fighters are always what bring the the public in, and I think he's one of those guys that has that great human story. And yeah, I, I see, I see it being a showcase night, and I I probably see him getting. An early enough knockout. I, I have a feeling there's, yeah. there's an early knockout coming. He's he's yeah. his mind is set for yeah. world titles, bigger, better things. Can't afford to slip up. Yeah. I don't think that he will. No, I mean these are the kind of fights that he was winning comfortably beforehand. You know, before he mm -hmm. took the. Mm -hmm. um, these are the kind of fights that he was passing with flying colours and you know doing in spectacular fashion. So I would expect that again. Um, you know, if he can channel the defeats, the personal stuff in the right way that will make him stronger that will make him more resilient um you know it's a really you know you fight yourself more than you fight the opponent uh, when it comes to any form of combat sport um it's always two, always two fights you've got to win um and if you can win that personal battle and it feels like he can do and i really want him to and i, I want to see him make that push uh you know i'd love for him to to, to achieve that world title um you know it might be that by the time he does it opens up quite nicely for him you know and he might get a good run and, and i really hope he does um but yeah like you say i think it will be a showcase i expect him to win win well with a knockout and then again it's just really just seeing what frank does with him next where do we go yeah. what do we do get the rematch because i think that was probably the one that shook him more i think you can accept mm. into kovalev even though he's yeah not the fight where he was. You can always accept losing to him. Um, yeah. I think, you know, I think that the, the latest fight, uh, the latest defeat, was the one that probably hurt him more than anything else. So I think if he can avenge that, that's a massive tick in the box. Um, you can Absolutely. put that to bed. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that kind of sees our Saturday night of boxing squared off, and we're going to change gears just a little bit. Yeah, there's also a, a UFC card on Barbosa Giga Chikadze. Look, I'll be honest, it's not the deepest of cards. There's a couple of names on it. Kevin Lee's on. He's fighting Daniel uh, Rodriguez. It's a bit of a last minute fight. It's a big fight for Kevin Lee. He's been out injured for a while. He's had a few setbacks, something very similar to Anthony Yard. But he has that kind of box wrestle style yeah. that I think Rodriguez is his kryptonite. Chris, I know, I know you're you're a boxing man, but uh, you know, sort of Kevin Lee's been around a little while, and he, he's, yeah. he's called out McGregor, he's called out Khabib, he's called out these big names. Just from that kind of fighter aspect of having these setbacks and, and again, somewhat, somewhat like Yard, how difficult is it to turn your career around? He's, he's changed weight class also, which is a huge thing. Is mm. that a sign of desperation or is that a sign of I need a new goal and this is going to fire me up? You, you, you see it often, don't you? You see fighters... Um lose a fight that you wouldn't have expected them to lose or take a, take a bad loss. And the first thing they do is they say, I'm changing weight. Mm. I, I've, stayed, I've stayed at this weight too long. I feel like mm. it's kind of, I feel like you're kind of cheating yourself uh, a little bit there. I think you're probably being dishonest with yourself, but it's a legitimate reason in your mind as to why that didn't go the way it should have done. Um, you know, so I, I, it can be, it can be a bit of both, I think. To be honest, Gav, I think you know it can be a bit of desperation because you're looking, you're looking for that new route to get to the goals that you wanted to get to. You know, right? I've messed it up at this weight. Um, let me try it a different way. Let me try it against a different caliber of opponent. You know, maybe that was the problem. So you're looking, obviously, always looking for ways to improve. You're also looking for excuses sometimes. I think, yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah. I think you know, if you've taken a lot of, you know, if you've taken a lot of setbacks as well and you're still doing it i think you just gotta you know let reality slap you in the face a little bit and um just accept you are where you are and um, i always think the best thing to do is just to fight at the weight that's naturally comfortable for you mm, mm, um, mm, mm. especially if you're going later into your career mm. and you've got a bit of wear and tear on the clock don't don't cut don't um you know don't balloon up for the sake yeah. of ballooning up just fight at a natural your natural weight and see how you get on. Um, you know, are you looking for a payday or are you looking for a serious run at you know run at things? I think. Um, yeah. Right. Often the route the route to a UFC title is shorter. Yes. I can, yeah. You know, so you are literally probably only sort of two three good wins away from being an outside challenger for a for a belt. Yeah. So in that respect, there's always a chance. But you'll know better than me if he if he's actually got a chance from that point of view. It feels to me from what you've said. He's probably just looking for excuses. Uh, it's a, it's it's a strange one with Kevin Lee because he's he's missed weight once or twice badly at fifty five, and he's moved up to seventy. But seventy is actually probably one of the deepest divisions in the UFC. So yeah. that's kind of what set alarm bells off for me. Um, look, I expect him to get the job done Saturday night. Uh, I think he'll wrestle his way to a decision, trigger yeah. a decision. I don't see him fighting for a title in the next year, at least, maybe two years. He just needs to get his career back on track and get on a run. But the the uh, the main event is the one that's kind of really jumping off the page to me. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you know of Barboza and Jiga Chikadze. The two names that 
probably wouldn't be the most heralded in UFC circles. It's it's more yeah. of um, a hardcore fight. Like Barbosa has fought everybody. It, it, he's moved down actually from fifty five to forty five. Okay. He's a bit older as well. And he's actually had a real, real resurgence at, at 145 pounds. But he's fighting a guy in Giga Takadze that is on an eight-fight win streak and is backed by Ali Abdelaziz, who's Khabib's old manager. He's been looking for that big-name opponent for quite some time, and now he finally does have that. Mm. He has the stage. He has the opponent. It's time for him to, to deliver. Again, I come to you, Chris. With that extra pressure of having the momentum behind you and you're shouting and screaming for the big name opponents, mm. when you actually get it, it's like, okay, now I have to deliver. What's the mindset with that? How, where will his head be at going into that fight? Will he feel confident, relaxed, or the opposite? Well, he should, be, he should feel ridiculously confident. You know, if you're on an eight-fight winning streak in the UFC, that's no mean feat, um, mm. you know, because it literally is split second and lights out in UFC. We see how quickly fights can turn, even if, you, you know... You know, even if you're on top and you've got a component wobbling, you know, they'll catch you and then you're gone. Um, you know, it's really the most brutal fighting spectacle sport there is going, you know, in terms of ways fights can end. So an eight-win streak uh, in UFC is phenomenal. So he should have all the confidence in the world, um, you know, and, and there's no there's no real reason why he shouldn't feel confident. You know, if he's been saying externally that mm -hmm. he wants, you know, these big names and these big fights, you know, it, let's put it this way. If, if he's not absolutely buzzing and confident and going into this fight with zero doubts, he's got no business doing what he thinks he's going to try and do or be able to do. He's just not going to do it. You know, um, that's not a, a champion mentality to have any oh, yeah. kind of doubt or anything. Precious part of the game, you know, and if he's, if he's been building towards this, um, he should be absolutely. He, he he must be itching to fight. He must be excited. Yeah. That's what I would expect from an mm -hmm. You know, you've got all the tools in the backgrounds with you know Khabib's coach and manager, and you know you've got this eight fight streak. You've got the occasion. You've got the fans mm -hmm. back after COVID, mm -hmm. and I, I know MMA fans have been back in America for a bit longer, but you know you, you've got it. You've got everything there. You know this. Mm -hmm. If you're not if you're not absolutely buzzing at this as a fighter. And then you're not going to, nothing's going to get it for you or do yeah. it for you. So you're kind of uh, wondering then what's the motivation if you're not buzzing for this occasion? Yeah, you're thinking there's yeah. something wrong. Yeah. You know, that's, wrong that's, yeah. yeah, no, it's a fair, fair, fair point. Um, no, look, as I said, it, it's a spectacular fight. It, it's it's a kickboxer's fans' dream fight. Uh, Chikadz is coming off a huge win against Cub Swanson. Barbosa coming off a massive win against Shane Bar uh, Burgos as well. So I've actually really struggled to kind of pick who I think will win. Chikadze mm. has all the momentum, has everything behind him. But Barbosa just, he has just that wily veteran ability about him. Yeah. And I just I just see that being enough to get him through it and get him the victory. But as I said, you know, it, it, the card's kind of on and competing with the Jake Paul thing. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm imagining that the UFC are hoping for some crossovers that in the, the quiet periods of the other card and switch over and back and there's some good yeah. fights to tune into. So it kind of works out. Look, it's it's a combat sports dream Saturday evening lined up right till four or five o'clock in the morning. We can't yeah. really complain, I think. Um, no, I think, you know, I think it's, you know, fair and fair credit. You know, they're, they're two decent, they're two decent cards. Quick question for you, I guess, then. If Barbosa mm -hmm. wins, what, how, what plays out after that? 
for both fighters. I think I think Chikadze can bounce back a lot easier from a loss, having he's undefeated in the UFC. So I think he bounces back a lot better than Barboza. Like Barboza is thirty six or thirty six, thirty seven now. You know he's dropped down. Yeah, he's he's been around. As I said, he's been around a long, long time. Um, for me, obviously, uh, Volkanovski and Brian Ortega are fighting for the title on the twenty fifth of September. So that's kind of squared us away. I think if Chikadze wins, he probably fights for the belt. Maybe gets one more, maybe. But with that manager that he has, he could push him into it. But maybe yep. one more. If Barboza fights, he is definitely fighting for the belt. Undoubtedly, no questions asked. He is the next man in line. Okay. Um. So yeah, yeah. I I, I think that's just that little moment that that carrot dangling for Barboza is just going to be enough. Yeah. And I think yeah, he goes on and fights for the belt. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'll be keeping a keen eye on that, to be fair. I mean, I mean yeah, it yeah, it's, yeah, it's a tidy little card just to have in the background, in the back pocket, as I say. But um, yeah, that's that's sort of this weekend of, of yeah. boxing slash MMA. The great Katie Taylor is making uh, her next defense of all of her titles. It's actually yeah. a very, very tasty card also. Um, really good card. I'm not too sure, Chris. Where where do you want to start with this card? Uh, um, I think let's I think let's work our way up to Katie because I think okay, it yeah. be, um, because I think obviously I think that's a nice. We started talking about at the top of the show, um, not mm-hmm. directly, but Serrano pretty up, um, and we've got the link in there. So I think the best one to start with would be uh, would would be Conor Ben versus Granados. Um, I don't know about you, Gav, but. I'm extremely excited to see what Conor Ben is going to do over the next next twelve to eighteen months. He, he, you know, he had such such an impressive victory uh, last time out. You know, he's been in phenomenal form, and I've I've looked at him. Um, it, you know, he's he is living the life you mentioned earlier uh, uh, with Tommy Fury about the silk pajamas. How difficult he is. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately I thought to that post-fight interview that Conor Ben uh, gave when he talked mm-hmm. about, I'll go to bed mm-hmm. in my sleeping pajamas, but <laughs> I do get up and I go and do that run. I want it more than anybody else. And it really does show. And he's got the ability to go with it. He's really maturing as a fighter. His power is sensational. His so- shot selection, his angles that he throws from are phenomenal. His combinations are intuitive, inventive. He adapts during the fights. He's, um, you know, he's not just swinging and missing and, you know, just throwing and seeing what sticks anymore. He's, he, you know, he's, he's getting that in boxer's brain in there, you know, and um, he obviously comes from incredible stock. Yes. Um, I, I, feel, I feel like he could be a Ben in his own right very soon. I'm extremely excited to see this fight um, on the 4th of September. Uh, this whole card actually is, is phenomenal. Um, it's a really good card. Um, it really is. And, you know, I, I was disappointed when uh, Connor caught COVID. Obviously, you know, from a fan point of view, you're disappointed. You want to see from him, few, yeah. Of course you do. Uh, from a human point of view, you want them to be okay and healthy. And it looks like he's absolutely come through it, all fine and dandy, which is great. Um, because it, so, you know, we're ready to go. And, um, you know, as long as everything kind of goes up, I think this is going to be a fantastic performance, uh, a good fight. Um, I expect Connor to win and win well. But mm-hmm. I think he, mm-hmm. he will really be keen to put on a show. And then his his mindset, I know, is he he wants world titles. Yes. 
2022. If he can sneak it in at the end of this year, all the better. I don't think he can. I think Eddie will probably like to give him one more after the COVID just to get himself ticking over again. But 2022, this kid is going to be going for, uh, not a kid anymore, this young man. It's going to be going for world titles. Um, and I really think he can go all the way. I think he's the real deal. Really impressive uh, fighter. I don't know what your thoughts are on him, how much you've watched of him and, and things like that. But uh, yeah, what do you think? No, I'm, I'm just actually, I'm just giggling to myself there because one of my, the very first notes I've written down is looking to fight for world titles. And you touched yeah. on that straight away. I mean, yeah. It is. It's, 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 it's what's next for him. The only thing yeah. I'd say is, as well, is I think even if he doesn't get a world title, I think he, he mentioned Khan and Brooke in previous interviews. Yeah. I would love to see him in there against either Khan oh, or yeah. Brooke. You know, if yeah. that Khan Brooke fight doesn't happen, obviously, mm. get him in there. Like, I think he does a job on either of them, to be very honest. You know, I oh, think he really does do a job on either of them. Um, yeah. And that might just be what he needs to get himself out from under his dad's name. I think he's, yeah. beginning, he's beginning to do that now, definitely. You know, he's what? 18 and all, he's 24 years of age. I actually oh, didn't realize yeah. he was that. I didn't realize he was that young. I thought he was a bit older. Um, but those those last couple of interviews he's done, on top of the performances, were just yeah. mind blowing. It was really just impressive. like wow, yeah. I need to watch this guy every time he fights. I need to watch him. And I think yeah. Eddie's been very very clever. He's gotten them on a couple of Katie Taylor cards now. Yeah. He's on again. You know, obviously Eddie isn't where he is without doing these sort of things. So, no, I expect him also to be very, very, very impressive. He's fighting Granadas 21-8. and eight. Not a great record. Again, we spoke on records on paper. You can't really tell too much by it. But having seen what we've seen from Conor Ben, yeah, he's going to get this done impressively. Yeah. I, uh, the question, actually, just one question I wanted to ask, and I do think of it now, do you see him wanting to finish this fight early and make a big statement, or do you see him wanting to bag rounds, sorry, bank rounds, and maybe finish it later on, or is that too risky of a strategy? I mean, as I said earlier, you see the opportunity to take it. I think mm -hmm. in his head, I think he'll probably be looking to get four or five rounds in. Because I think, you know, um, I can't remember exactly when it was. He's obviously had that missed fight. So there's a bigger gap between when he last fought. And, and now, and he had a pretty big uh, break, uh, enforced break as well before that. A lot of the fighters did, and we'll touch on that with Josh Warrington in a minute. Yes. Um, you know, so I think with, with, with Ben, he'll be wanting to, to get some rounds in the bank. I don't think he'll want all of the rounds in the bank because I think mm -hmm. he will want to make that statement because for him now, he is in that position where he's hunting titles. He needs to make an eight. What you don't want to be doing is labour to a win against the 21 and eight. Yes. Uh, you know, fighter, or I forget the record was, but, you know, anybody in around that calibre, you don't <laughs> want to lay to a win against them. You know, a four or five round KO, but hurting him in those four or five rounds. I think that's probably the ideal scenario for him. But listen, if he sees the opportunity a minute in, he'll take it. He's shown that before and he will yeah, do that. He, he's very spiteful, isn't he? You see it in oh. the shots. He wants to hurt. He wants to hurt yeah. his ones. He, he wants spiteful. to break your bones. He wants to <laughs> break your ribs. He wants to break his bones. He just wants to hurt you. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and he can hurt you. So, oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. I, I think four or five rounds, but hurtful rounds. Get him out. <laughs> get a sweat on. Yeah. Shout down the mic. Tell Eddie yeah. to get him a major fight and then back, back to the back to, back to the microphone. Yeah, back to the <laughs> microphone. And then yeah, watch people run away. 
Um, you briefly mentioned Josh Warrington. I yes. don't know about you, but I am absolutely buzzing for this. This is a phenomenal fight. Really? A really, yeah. really phenomenal fight. What are your thoughts on it first? Because I could wax lyrical about this card all night. But what's your, what's your thoughts on, on Josh? Obviously, it's the rematch. It's the rematch, know? yeah. And I'm really, really excited to see how he bounces back. Obviously, he's in front of his home fans in Leeds. So, you know, he has everything in his favour. Again, we've touched on it. Eyes on him. Former yeah. world champion. Actually, I couldn't believe it. I was reading up on him today that he, he he vacated his IBF belt to speed up getting these bigger title fights and bigger name fights. And then obviously he had this massive setback, shock yeah. loss, where it kind of came crumbling down around him. And I, I also read that Eddie Hearn was apprehensive, saying, you know, don't, don't take this guy for granted. He's, he's got knockout power and et cetera, et cetera. And not sure what happened. Did he underestimate him? You know, did he have a bad camp? What what was he looking ahead? Uh, you don't know. It's the age old thing in boxing, isn't it? That you, you you think it's done and dusted, and next thing you're on the flat of your back and you're looking up at the yeah. lights, wondering yeah. what the hell happened. I'm yeah. I'm so excited to see how he bounces back from this. You know, again, he's he's, he's thirty years of age. He's on that slippy slope that if he loses again. Very, very hard to come back from it. You know, it's the first time you can make excuses saying, oh, I overlooked him or I had this or I had that. If it happens twice, yeah, you know, it, it's, a, it's, yeah. A, it's a slippy slope. It is a slippy slope. You're right. I think I think the biggest factor, um, and I think you made some good points about sort of potential reasons behind that loss, but I touched on it before. He really was inactive because of COVID and the pandemic. So it went... Mm -hmm. When he last fought, he was one of those fighters where, unfortunately, he kind of fought just before or not too long before the pandemic. Yeah. Then we had that massive kind of like shutdown. Yeah. Shutdown. You know. Okay, Eddie put on uh, that fight camp uh, in the summer, but there really wasn't a lot of boxing last year, and there wasn't a lot of opportunities around for fighters. So when he did come back. He had a very, he had a, a much longer period out of the ring uh, than he would have ever have wanted, and he came back to fight an excellent fighter, yes, a seriously, seriously good fighter. Um, Eddie was right to be cautious, uh, cautious about him, and you know, warn him. Um, but you know, as a belligerent, undefeated fighter, you think you can take anybody on? Um, listen, I think, I think you've you've kind of hit the nail on the head. If he loses this again at the age of thirty, has he has he had his career? Mm. Uh, he's made he he was world champion. He fought good people. You know he, he's great. He's, yeah, he's fantastic names in his record. He has really good Frampton, names. Selby, yeah, Selby, Frampton. You know some superb names. You know Frampton. You know multi weight world champion. Um, you know okay, he was probably on a bit of a slide when he fought uh, Warrington. However, you know, he's got, there's nothing left for him to prove. There's nothing really left for Orrington to prove if he takes a defeat and a bad defeat. If he takes a bad mm -hmm. defeat, really be looking at it thinking, well, I, if I was, anybody around him would be kind of thinking, well, maybe we'll just have a farewell fight and maybe we'll just knock it on the head. You know, you've, you've, you've done what you need to do in the game. Don't mm -hmm. cook it for too long. Um, but obviously, you know, if he, if he, if he gets the, the revenge, he'll feel like he can go on and, and hit those, a, a targets that you know that he wants to do and you know he'll be a, he'll be a massive draw because of his status in in that weight division and in 
you know, with what his record is. So it's it's really is a very pivotal fight for him. I think yeah. you know I've mentioned it a few times about sort of must win fights uh, for a few fighters tonight. This is probably the biggest must win. Uh, I think, in terms of what I would deem a incredibly talented, world-level fighter fighting for his career. Um, saw it with Anthony Joshua when he rematched Ruiz. We saw it with Dillian White when he rematched Povetkin. You know, you, you take that gamble, that roll of the dice, and you do it as quickly as possible. Um, so credit for him for stepping back in. I think he will get it done. But I think it's going to be really difficult, really difficult night's work. I think it will be warranted on points. Yeah, yeah, I think I can. I, I, I can't really argue too much of everything you said. I think I touched on briefly that the home crowd is going to play a massive, massive part as well. Um, be huge. Yeah, I just think yeah, it's going to show whether he wants it or not, and where his head's at, where 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 he sees himself going in the next year or so. I wouldn't be as. I know you said you, you think it's been close and stuff like that, but uh, I, I, it's just so many different things adding up that the psych, back to the psychological factor of the first loss yeah. and the shock loss and yeah. how we come back from that. I, I do think he gets it done, but I think it's going to be split decision, razor tight stuff. I just yeah. had that. I don't know why. It's just something in my gut saying. I think he might even have to pick himself off the floor. I actually think he may have to even pick himself off the floor, grit his yeah. teeth, get through, and and you know get home on a decision. But yeah. I think he yeah, just has enough. Up. Yeah, I think he just has enough. But you know, I wouldn't. I don't think he'd be as, as big a shock if he was to lose this time. I think yeah. When we're talking about percentages here, we're probably talking fifty-five, forty-five yeah. at best. Yeah. I think yeah. it's really tight. Um, it's going to be a tight one, you know. Like mm. I said, I think we're both we're both expecting and, and kind of predicting a you know a full distance tough fight here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I think it'll be close on points. I don't think it'll be a wide decision. I think it'll be really mm. tight. You look at the scorecards and be a round or two in it. It's going to be yeah. really tight. But I think it'll be a cracking watch. And you Absolutely. know what? If he, get, if he gets up off the floor and does it, even better for watching even and, and all, credit, yeah. all credit for him as well. So uh, yeah, Completely. we'll watch, watch that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Sort of leads us into the Katie Taylor headliner. Yeah. Um, I, want you to, I want you to wax lyrical about. Okay, I want you to take the lead on this one. So I'm going to quickly say, um, I'm really excited for this. I think. <laughs> I think because because I think this is going to lead into, um, the Serrano fight. Last time I saw Katie Taylor, well, last year when she fought, I put a tweet out actually saying, I personally believe she is the best boxer currently, or at that time, she's the best boxer, and I mean men and women, uh, in terms of ability and skill set going at the moment. Now, that's a pretty big call. Um, That that really is. I think if we were probably doing comments and live shows, I'd probably get slated for that. However, I believe it. Um, now that was that. What I'll caveat that with is at that time. So we're talking last year. So things have changed and things have moved on. She's getting older, but that's how highly I rated her. Um, and I physically really cannot wait to to see a Taylor Serrano bout. And I expect her to win. I think Hans thirty eight. Um, so I think this is a kind of like a you know let's get Tate on the bandwagon and go job. Um, couldn't couldn't speak hardly enough of her more, but I want you to 
wax lyrical about this one. So take it away, sir. Yeah, like I, I was thinking about this today, and you know, we've obviously Ireland have had a really great success with Kelly Harrington at the Olympics in recent weeks gone past. Yeah. And for me, I think the biggest compliment that we can give Katie is that wouldn't have been possible without her. You know, she basically kicked the door down for women's boxing in the Olympics, the oldest, you know, games of all, and she brought home gold. The country stopped to watch her. The country stops every time to watch her. She is the ultimate role model for man, woman, child, whatever, whoever, but just lives the humble lifestyle as well. For someone that's probably one of the most famous people to come out of Ireland, mm. to be so humble is, is it speaks, I think it speaks even more of her than her actual boxing ability, which is, as you've touched on, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. I wrote down in my notes here, what more can we say or what more can she achieve even? Yeah, and that's the, that's the slight little caveat that I have is she's thirty five now, eighteen and all, beating everybody she's fought ninety five percent of them very very comprehensively, and even that the one tight match she had, she came back rematched her and brought yeah. her home very convincingly. I suppose there's a couple of bigger fights out there now for against Amanda Sarano. That's probably the biggest fight. Yeah. You know, she lives the, the the lifestyle. She genuinely lives like this fantastic um Netflix documentary about yeah. her. She actually released Katie, yeah. Basically, what more do you need to be, you know, than that name? But everyone knows her by that name. Yeah. And you just see in, in a way, and I don't know if you picked up on this, Chris, but it's almost it is it, it's not almost it is, it's sad because for a young girl to dedicate her whole life to a sport. And she's now 35 and she just seems lonely. I I I maybe maybe I'm looking into too deeply, or you know, maybe it's just me. Yeah. But I just felt like, you know, at, at this age now, what more is there for her to achieve? That's that's kind of the worry, just from being, yeah. you know, loving the loving the, the fighter that she is so much and wanting the best for her. The yeah. worry is what more is there for her to achieve in the ring? Yeah, I think I think you're right, mate. I think the worst thing that can happen to Katie Taylor is that she fights for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, every fighter is um, their own worst enemy with that calling time uh, on your career because it's the last thing you want to do because it's the only thing you've ever known. And Absolutely. You she's lived this life all her life. This is all she's known. This is all she's ever done. She's mm-hmm. broken those doors. She did it at the Olympics. She's carried that expectation of the country for the majority of her life um she's undisputed champion she's won it at different weights there really isn't that much left for her to do she's kind of for pretty much everybody apart from serrano um my personal thoughts would be at the age of 35 She's. I think she probably should be looking to finish her career in, within three fights. I don't know what yes. kind of discussions they've had. I don't know what Eddie Hearn's plans are for her. Um, but I would. I would be kind of looking at it going. Get this one out of the way. We'll get you a double header against Serrano next year, and then that'll be it. That would be how I would like to see her go out. Whether she wins both of those, 
whether she wins the first one and loses the last one or, or vice versa. However, couldn't care less. I think that would be a fantastic way for her to, to, to kind of finish her career and then go and live her life. Yes. Uh, and, you know, you, she'll still be a young woman. Yes. Go and live your life then and, and go and enjoy your life. Go and enjoy, you know, the finer things. Go and have a sandwich or, a, you know, mm-hmm. a cake. And Or just stay in boxing. If you, but coach, yeah. or whatever it is that you want to do, go and whatever do it. Whatever it is you want to do, yeah. Go and do it. You know, you'll have the money in the bank. Go and enjoy the finer things in life. Um, so that would be kind of, uh, from a fan's point of view, that would be kind of what I'd want for her because um, mm. boxing you've said it again lonely boxing is a lonely sport mm. um, you know go and go and enjoy life uh, a little bit more um after after achieving absolute greatness she kind of already has we're talking Absolutely. about that last 0.5 percent mm. yeah. of yeah. her journey i think mm-hmm. you know she could retire now and she, her legacy is cemented she doesn't need the serrano fight i think serrano needs a katie taylor fight for her legacy um i think that you know katie taylor wants that serrano fight because of who she is so yes. um hopefully i've answered the question there mate. i kind of got into a little bit of a no no bit, no no you have yeah. no no it's, like it's that's the thing i think with katie is that you know i think i did the same and you, you just you, you admire the, the woman so much it's hard not to just keep talking and talking and speaking and speaking about yeah. her and and you know you you, you almost feel like you just want her to be happy now. She's given us so much as boxing fans that mm. you just want her to, as you say, go off and do whatever it is you want to do, whether it's have a cake, yeah. and, uh, you know, travel the yeah. world, have do whatever it is you want yeah. to do. do whatever, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Do whatever and do it safely and, and yeah. be healthy and happy and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think I think you've actually really, really lined it up very nicely. I think the double header with Serrano after this fight, maybe... The first one in America, or yeah. the first one in Ireland, you know, either or, yeah. But let her have, let her have a big Crow Park, Aviva yeah. Stadium show, send off show. If, ideally, that could be her, would be her last fight. Retire in Ireland, in front of all her friends and family and fans. Yeah, walk off into the sunlight, uh, you know, undefeated, yeah. undisputed champion, and that's it. Yeah, um, everybody wants to retire like Carl Frotch did. Yeah, in a stadium, yeah, massive fight, emphatic yeah. win, Bang, you know, done. yeah, gloves, gloves over your shoulder and strut off Good. into the center, you know, give it, give it that, and that would be fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for the memories. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose so. Look, we, we've we've waxed lyrical, and it's hard not to wax lyrical about Katie, but this actual fight coming up on Saturday night, how do you hmm. see it playing out? Well, look, I've touched on it, I do think she is starting to see some, I think there are some holes in her game now because she's aging so she is getting slower but her hand speed is still there mm-hmm. um but she's 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 a fighter that relies on that timing and that hand speed and being able to get in and out um so i can see her getting caught a few times um you know and i think that's just kind of the nature of the beast she tends to get caught a fair bit and she'll just stand in front of you and keep throwing um so you know look, look hands 38 you know she's nowhere near the caliber of Katie Taylor, not many are. Yeah. Uh, even a, even an aging and slightly slowing down Katie Taylor won't have any problems here. Um, you know, I think you know. Okay, she's headlining the bill with an Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn knows that nine times out of ten, Katie Taylor comes out on top, uh, and, and it's an easy night to work. I expect it to be a comfortable victory. 
Uh, probably points. Kate doesn't seem to finish people off. Um, yeah. She sort of just beat them up and grind them down mm. and mm. wins wide uh, on the majority of the time. So I expect it to be a points uh, victory, but a comfortable one. And I do think it is just all eyes on the big prize in 2022. And I think that will be the demand. And I'm yeah. right. What about yourself? No, I completely agree. Uh, you know, she is 35 now and what, 18 and 0. She's only got six KOs. It does yeah. tend to be points. I think that's the one thing you could probably hold against her. She's just not that one shot knockout power. Yeah. But when you're that good, do you need it? Look at Mayweather, yep. never had knockout power, it never affected him. Yep. Um, I think the only, the only one little thing as well, so apart from the knockout power, is that she tends to kind of get a, into a bit of a war, so almost as if trying to prove her toughness. Yep. And, you know, that can sometimes be her downfall. But again, she's fought through that. That had been my one concern. Like, hands coming off, uh, she's actually won her last eight fights by decision. So there's a little bit of form there, but again, the level of opponent isn't Katie Taylor. As you say, not everyone is. I see it being a wide points decision. Yeah, I, I think I think Katie gets it done, and then moves on to Serrano. Yeah. It has to happen. It just absolutely and really has to happen. Eddie Hearns, as you said, he's a clever man. Yeah, he knows where the money's at. He knows what he's doing, and I yeah. reckon I reckon we see not Katie do a call because that's not her style. But I think Eddie mentions the name Serrano and I actually wouldn't be surprised if something is announced after this fight that yeah, is signed, signed, sealed and delivered ready to go but um, you look yeah, at 2022 that... and you know you've got you've got that and then you have got hopefully finally the Joshua Fury saga <laughs> so you look at you look at 2022 from a boxing point of view um, you know and, and that, those two those two alone I mean that's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, you think yeah. quite. You know, we're we're in business, you know, and this really is quite. Are. You know, so yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I I think just briefly before we do wrap up, we we mentioned the, the great Pac Man for the weekend, Manny yeah. Pacquiao. Yeah, didn't didn't go his way. Um, what a career though! Absolutely, utterly legendary stuff. Yeah, he, he he's going to go down as one of the one of the best, um, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he you know he's got losses on his records, but he's undoubtedly one of the greatest fighters uh, to step in the ring. Um, you know, at forty-two, not being active for two years, you can't do that. You know, okay, it wasn't it wasn't probably his fault, um, but you know he was in good form in his late thirties in that forty-year win over Thurman. You know, he, he was boxing well. He was meant to fight Errol Spence. Um, I'm just grateful that he didn't. Um, having seen how that fight played out on the, on the weekend, if Errol yes. Spence was in front of him, I think that could have been really dangerous, um, yeah. really nasty, and that would have been that would have been a terrible sight to see, to be honest. Um, so he's definitely in that bracket now, where I think he's done. He should mm-hmm. be done. Mm-hmm. He really hasn't got anything to prove. It's kind of like, what are you fighting on for, then? So um, yeah. maybe a final final fight in the Philippines to sign off. Um, mm-hmm. one of the greatest boxing careers of the modern era uh, and of all time. I think he will go up there and you know, we'll talk about him with the with the true greats of the sport. Um, you know, he's given us a lot, uh, a, a lot to boxing, and uh, he deserves he deserves all the accolades that go 
go with it. And, you know, he deserves to be spoken about for decades to come um, as, as one of the best, as I said, to step into the squared circle. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I've seen a staff where he is the only fighter in history to be a champion in the in four different decades. Yeah, that's just that's just phenomenal. That that's that alone to have that longevity. Yeah, was it eight eight different weight classes? Like weight, know, eight, like, eight weight classes, wasn't eight, it? Eight weight, yeah. yeah. So you know, I, I know boxing weight classes have, have you know really added been added in lately, but even still at that, those achievements was. He's just yeah. going through, the right, way, you know, yeah. coming at the lightest yeah. weight. He's gone all the way through, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Like those achievements will stand the test of time, undoubtedly. Um, yeah. And of course, he's, he was a part of the the biggest uh, pay per view fight in history with Mayweather. All those different achievements, you know. He, he just has so so many highlights, so many achievements. It's hard to sum it up in in a couple of moments, but absolutely, yeah. utterly legendary career. I actually hope that this is it now. I actually don't even want to see him in a, in again. Uh, you know, he may probably do that Philippine fight farewell, but I'd just be happy to see him just call it a day now, call it a career. Yeah. And nobody can question him. Absolutely nobody. Um, But yeah, that kind of brings us to the end of our first uh, final round podcast. Just before we go, yes, yeah, fantastic. But just mm-hmm. before we do go, I want to give a little plug again to us. Yeah. Opening Pair Network. We're on Twitter at Opening Pair. This is the final round. I'm at Kai Gavin23. Chris is at Chris Gags on Twitter. Yeah. Chris, see us out with your uh, summation of it all. Well, I think, you know, firstly, I'm really excited about this. This is this is really good. You know, I think, you know, there's a lot of podcast material out there at the moment. And I think there's not a great deal of fight content that I've seen. So I'm really excited to be doing this with you, mate. I think um, I've really enjoyed having a having a chat with you about everything tonight. I know we've got a really, really exciting second show. Uh, mm-hmm. and I've got, um, we've got a, a feature uh, show as well. Um to do with the heavyweight scene as well. So I can't wait to get stuck into that. Um, so we've got yeah. a lot of stuff coming up, you know, I think we'll, you know, this is just the first, but um, it will be the first of many, hopefully. And, um, you know, if they're all as enjoyable as this, it's going to be a fantastic time. So, you know, I hope you enjoy the first one. If you end up watching it, whoever you are, new viewers, um, we'll be looking to move these shows forward as we go, maybe do a few lives and a few interactives and get guests on as we go so we'll just see how we get on see see how it all picks up but you know uh, do give us a like and a subscribe on the twitter page give Car- uh, Gav, uh, uh, a follow give myself a follow uh, and the opening pair obviously as well on, on the on the yeah, the main network give them a follow as well plenty going on so uh, if you Thank like you. us you'll love the rest of it as well yeah no i couldn't sum it up any better myself uh yeah absolutely buzzing we've as you said we've a lot a lot lined up in the future and yeah, I can't wait to get stuck in. Really, really enjoy the chat with you, mate. And yeah, yeah you're gonna have a mate next time. <laughs> I thought I'd get away with it. I thought I'd get away with it. I thought I'd get away with it. I'm getting Yeah, rightly called out, rightly called out. But no, look, it's been a fantastic chat, and I yeah. look forward to soon doing it again. Cheers, buddy.